What's this? Ah, a customer. Welcome, welcome. And what have you found there, hmm? Oh, a good eye you have. Those are the remains of the keys to the universe. Surely you know the story of those, yes? Hmm? But it appears not. Well, no matter. Yes, that one is quite interesting. The pocket watch. I see you're thinking about it. <laughs> well, it's a steal at that price. And I guarantee you won't find anything with quite so interesting a history outside of that box. Our scene opens over a town, not too big and not too small. It sits at the end of a glistening sea, where the peaks of mountains in the distance peek over the rooftops of the buildings. As the view descends, the golden afternoon sun shines down on a boat, pulling into a harbor after a long voyage. The sights and sounds of a port in full swing for the day greet us as the boat pulls into the harbor. Bells are ringing, men are shouting, gulls flying in the air. The salty air fills our nodes. Our view has now settled onto the deck of a ship, where we hear a loud bell ringing. All right, all right, all right. Now that I've got your attention, welcome to the city of Arana. Gesture with hand. A small, tubby sea dwarf reads off a note card at the front of a ship to the travelers seated on the deck. Please stay in your seats uh, until we have safely connected the gangplank to the dock. Your safety is our number one priority. Plus, you don't want to be the dummy who fell off the boat while he's in the harbor. Your friends will find out. I guarantee it. That's not on the note card, but it is true. First, a little bit of history about the city. It's found about 40 years ago when there was some luck in the initial expeditions into the mountains looking for treasure. Once, as such, one Mr. Luco Gavin decided to really clear out the area and settle this place down. He did such a good job, the different factions here looking for resources in the mountains and the forest decided to make him the head of the town. The dwarf looks up from his info card. I guess he did a pretty good job since they just made his son, Lucas Gavin, the new governor. Now, as we pull in closer to the dock, you will see to the west with the hand upper quarters of... Oh, gesture with hand. Oh, uh, he gestures with his hand. <laughs> now, as we pull in closer to the dock, you will see to the west the upper quarters of Orana. There you can find the founder's mansion and all your temple bits for all you religious types. That's also where the factions meet to discuss business. You can get a real nice view of the town and the harbor from up on that rocky outcropping. That's also where I hear there's gonna be building a shiny new college. But enough of that and back to the script. Uh, past that is the forest where there is a thriving under lumber industry and many unique beasts living in the depths. To the east, just or to left, you will find the warehouse district in the distance. You're gonna be able to see the mountains. Oh, uh, in the distance, you're gonna be able to see the mountains. In those mountains, there's gems and coal and all sorts of creepy crawlies, I'd imagine. A bit closer and towards the town, you're gonna see that smoky, smoggly bit, and that's the shade swamp. Oh, spooky. Five gold pieces says nine out of ten use adventuring types die in there before we get back with our next shipment. Anyways, straight in from the boat, you got some taverns, some shopping, and some assorted other businessy type buildings. And that's all I've got on this year card. Please stay in the area whilst we unload the luggage. There's now one of us to take it through some newfangled thing called customs. I don't know, supposed to be safer for the town or something. Feel free to check out the bars or shops. Uh, we should be done with that pretty quick for you to pack up all your goods. Oh, and because your predicament of being stuck without your stuff, the Brewers Guild has offered to give you one free drink of your choice while you wait. And again, welcome to Orana, the city that really wants you to stay here and will do anything to make sure you do. 
I'm just kidding. You're gonna love it here. It's a great city. I mean, what's not to love? You just get in here and they've already given you... The dwarf is interrupted by the ringing of the bell again. Well, that's the sound. That means it's time for me to sing my goodbye song. I'm just kidding. But really, get off my boat and we'll <laughs> ring the bell when you can come pick up your stuff. The Keys to the Universe. A Dubious Histories Podcast. Season 1. Episode 1. An Unwelcome Welcome. view now pans across to the dock. There amongst the group of people leaving the boat are three individuals who are exiting together. So you see Pippo, um, hard to miss. He is approximately seven feet tall, just under. Uh, he is nearly four feet wide, uh, a little over about two and a half, three front to back. He's somewhere close to 600 pounds, um, got kind of pale yellowish gray skin, um, a large underbite with kind of shaved, blunted um, kind of hippo-reminiscent teeth. Um, he's wearing a large crude cloth tabard, um, which is probably just a, like, tablecloth or something that he grabbed at some point. Um, he also has bent, uh, like, half-moon-style wrought iron glasses. Um, and yeah, not a whole lot of hair or anything like that, just a big ogre. And behind Pippo, who do we have? So she's behind Pippo on the gangplank, but pushes around him as soon as they get onto the deck, or the the pier, um, to walk out in front. So she's only about four and a half feet tall, and she's got bright red hair that's so frizzy it looks like it's never been brushed. Um, she's built, and um, she's taller than most dwarfs, but kind of has the build of a dwarf um she's wearing a gray tunic with armor all over and she just looks like she's ready to take on the world so that's millie nice and where do we find your character so scurrying down the rope handrail of the gangplank you see an approximately eight inch long three inches of which is tail 80 gram chipmunk whose uh, appearance is punctuated by a tiny wizard hat perched atop his head. Nice. Um, so, as you and, exit. Uh, I should oh. also say his name is Grafton. Um, so, as you exit together, um, that salty sea dwarf who read off his note card hands you a ticket for a free drink at a uh, establishment called Gelda's. What do you all do? Pippo is educating the other two about the actual history of what happened in the mountains. He's kind of mumbling along as we're all kind of moving with the crowd. Millie's pretty excited about the free drink. So she's grabbed her ticket and is trying to figure out where on earth this place is. Grefton is 
carrying his ticket kind of like a cape. Uh, <laughs> nice. So that he can actually maneuver with it. <laughs> and it's just kind of scurrying along next to them. Okay, so you guys kind of make your way across. The whole crowd really, like, you know, there's enough people who've come off this boat who know Orana that, that kind of all lead to the same place. People are pretty excited about their free drink. Um, and you get to uh, kind of a more like entertainment district where there's a number of taverns or restaurants or whatever. Um, and that's kind of the area that you head to. It's pretty clear. There's a couple of different bars and pubs around. Um, and one of them you clearly identify as Gelda's. Give me a second because I forgot to copy this into the other thing. While he's doing that, I should note that Pippa also has a very large leather-bound book, and his arms are freakishly large. Notable items. As Pippa continues, we'll see what actually happened was me and my family have lived in the mountains for years, and then they started this city out here, we didn't really care much, as long as they stayed for themselves, then they started coming into the mountains, because they were trying to find gold or whatever else they think was up there. Well, they come up, and they keep pushing us back and pushing us back and killing us off, and they're really kind of a rotten folk, in my opinion, but it's okay, I forgive them. Refton has, to... at this point, scurried up Pippo's leg to get a better listening post. Oh, oh, hey, hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, you know what? Past is in the past. They've ceased their encroachment into our lands, and I'm here to write some wrongs about the misunderstandings of ogres, and, oh, you know, where, where are we going? <laughs> All right, so as you've entered this entertainment district, um, there's a couple different, like, pubs and bars and taverns. Uh, one of them is called the Brunken Dunny, and it's a bright yellow building. You can see kind of painted on the wall. Uh, there is a normal-sized bunny next to a tankard, almost its same size. Um, there's another building that's called the Dead Dragon. Uh, it's sturdily built out of wood. Seems pretty well kept, but also clear that um, some repair repairs to the exterior are needed um, frequently as, you know, potentially, you know, patrons are not as... Uh, kind to the building as some of the other buildings. Um, there's a building that's just clean white tile with black grout and dark tinted windows and in clean blue font kind of glowing across the top of the door. Just says cobalt. Um, and then you see Gelda's, which you can't actually really see Gelda's because the entire front area and whole surface of it is just completely covered with ivy and potted plants and a few tables sitting outside the door. Um, there's an entry garden that has a few people already seated at it. Um, they're enjoying kind of this pretty nice afternoon. And um, that's kind of what you see as you head in. I may have missed a rough time of day. Like mid-afternoon, mid maybe okay. 3 o'clock, somewhere in there. Cool. I'm wondering. If you guys are all good to just head in. Um, you head in, <laughs> and upon entering, you notice that the center of the ceiling is cut away, and water pours from the second floor into a large ceramic pots on the first floor, which then spills over and runs into grooves on the floor. Um, so there's kind of this huge water feature in the center that then feeds out to a bunch of plants that just kind of fill the room, interspersed between all the different tables and seating areas around. Um, an elderly woman... 
um, kind of approaches you as you walk in the door, kind of the hostess area, um, and she says, hey, I'm Gelda. And she takes your tickets and kind of leads you to a table and brings your drinks over. Griffin, where are you? <laughs> Griffin will say, I'm here. This place feels kind of like home. Where is here? Uh, kind of on the table, good oh. sir. <laughs> Hello. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the lift, by the way. Of course. Millie's kind of looking around, looks excited, um, looks back at Grefton and asks, so remind me again why you decided to get on a boat? I don't think chipmunks normally end up on boats. That is a bit of a long story. Uh, we could spend probably a week here talking about that one. Uh, I'll leave that for another time. <laughs> uh, you can have my drink, though. I uh, realized a while back that drinking was me running from my problems, and uh, I do enough running as is. <laughs> Grifton, can you do magic? <laughs> Uh, Grefton will, like, do a little something of magic. Just, like, a little ball of magic. Oh, my God. <laughs> do we have our drinks? Yeah. Oh, okay. So Millie's sipping on hers, and she pushes Grefton's over to Pippo, since he can down them pretty quickly. <laughs> Pippo very... What kind of... Glasses. This is like a tanker, like, like you would. Wood tanker or like a glass tanker or probably ceramic. Ceramic. Okay. So Pippo very carefully using both hands, you know, pinky out, slowly picks me up, and then you straight vertical <laughs> back down. I don't sit sit down. <laughs> so, Millie, don't mind me asking, what kind of dwarf are you? From the mountains, or you a seafarer, you a cave dweller. Oh, don't see many of you in my mountains. <laughs> she kind of looks at him confused for a second. So have you met seafaring dwarves? Other than the one who's a captain of our ship, that's the first one I've met. I've never been on the sea before. So, yes, one. <laughs> <laughs> Mountain dwarf. Oh, wait. Grifton will ask Pippo... You seem to know this area pretty well. Have you been here before? You know not, the history. Not Orana so much, but I do live in the mountains just outside of Orana. Well, I did. Then I tried to come here to stop my pilgrimage and went the wrong way. Got lost a little bit. Now I found a boat and it seemed it was going to Orana, so now I'm here. Pilgrimage for what? Oh, I'm Pallion. Writing wrongs! <laughs> Millie kind of chokes into her drink. You should be careful with that. Yep, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, a little overly gruffly pat her on the back. <laughs> Wipes her face off. Might have gone up her nose a little bit. Alright, so kind of with that, you hear the ringing back at the port, um, which you remembered was to signal that your bags are kind of ready to be picked up. Um, so, unless anybody else wants to do anything, um... Millie downs a drink. 
Sounds like it's time for us to go get our stuff. What? Okay, so you head back to kind of that dock area, and there's kind of this big circle that has um, all of kind of the bags from the Travelers on the Voyage all kind of piled up. Um, so I'm going to have you all make a perception check um, to determine kind of how accessible your bag is. So do you see it walking up, or is it more buried in the pile, and kind of what's the deal with that? Uh, what all would be in those bags? It's just um, like our backpack with our sleeping roll and rope. So and... anything that you don't have specifically equipped would be in that bag. Okay. Okay. Perception. Awareness. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> that's a one. Six. So minus two, so that's eight. Okay. Um, so eight, six, and two? Uh, well, it's a one minus two. It's a one minus two. Okay. You never find your bag again. <laughs> um, <worse> things. <laughs> I thought this was a ship, not an airplane. <laughs> Ouch. Great. Um, let's start to this campaign. Okay, so you guys kind of just start to kind of filter through the bags. And Millie's is the first one who kind of comes up to her. So she sees a bag that looks just like hers. She picks it up. Um, and kind of as she does that, you all see a tall, kind of darkish-skinned human woman with glasses and colorful clothing quickly approaching you guys. Um, so I'm going to have you roll another perception check. <laughs> I was like, do I, though? Um, <laughs> do I? Yeah. Eight again. Ten total. That is a 20. Okay. Um, so. 10. Pippo, you see the person. You recognize, like, they're trying to get your attention. Rachel, you probably just have just picked up your bag. And so, you Makes know, sense. see. Um, I'm checking to make sure that everything is still in my bag. Yeah. So. I am completely forgotten about my bag. Rudy, as. <laughs> you. Not Rudy. Sorry. Grefton. <laughs> Um, Grefton, you see that, like, you probably just saw Millie pick up her bag. You see this woman running over, and she has a bag that looks almost identical to Millie's bag. Um, and so she's kind of running over, trying to get your attention. Um, Millie, you mentioned, like, you opened this bag, and this is not your stuff. Um, and so she runs over, and does anybody want to do anything, like, on her approach? Grefton will... I didn't notice. Climb that's up true. to Millie's shoulder so he can be heard and say, I don't think that's your bag. Okay. Just wave at her because she's obviously trying to get her attention. Yeah. Hello? I'm getting a little grumpy because I thought this was my bag. Sure. Um, so she kind of runs up to you guys and she says, Oi, oh, siento, pero pienso que tienes mi bol. Oh, dang it. And seeing that you don't grasp this, she continues, Oh, sorry, where's my head? I think you have my bag, and I have yours, see? And she kind of opens the bag, revealing Millie's stuff. Oh, yes, I see. Um, and she said, this isn't mine, is it yours? Kind of as she sees that. Um, and then you guys start to kind of pass your bags back to each other, and at this moment, a large number of dark figures rush through the entire group. Um, and there is one passing in between you and this woman who are kind of like exchanging bags back and forth. Um, so, make a strength check. Me? Yep. D20? Mm -hmm. Yep. 
Uh, you do have disadvantage, though. How close were you to the water's edge? Nat 20. Okay. <laughs> but it's, um, but it's disadvantaged, so I have to roll again. Mm-hmm. So that was 23. 13. Okay. So 16 so, still? No. No. no okay. 13 total. Gotcha. So as you kind of... Uh, oh, I guess I need to do this real quick. Turns out I also need to roll dice to play this game of dice rolling. So as you kind of pass things back to each other. These guys rush through, oh, sorry. Pippo, you asked kind of where are you in comparison to the water? Yes. Um, The way that this area is set up is there's kind of this big open like market space where the docks kind of lead into. So the docks meet the pier and then there's an open space and then past that is kind of where like some of those taverns and stuff started. At the center of the um, pier, or at the center of like the background, so You have buildings, big open kind of courtyard, green, like paved area um, for that kind of market that probably happens as like fish are brought back in for the day and things like that, or as goods are brought in to be sold or whatever. Um, And then you have all of the docks that go out into the ocean. Close to the buildings, there's also a well in the middle of that green space. And um, you guys are kind of like off to the side of the well. Um, so you're, um, I don't know, maybe 30, 40 feet from the waters or from like the start of the docks. Um, so they've kind of pulled your stuff back in. So it's not like right on the boats or anything like that. Um, and that's kind of deal with that. Um, Millie, you hang on to your bag. Um, but they do actual bag or the bag that I have your actual bag. So you have your stuff. Um, other than that, everybody kind of loses their bags as these dark figures rush in. Um, So you have probably your gold, I would assume, that you're keeping that on your person. And then you also have... Big old whopping um, zero. Anything that you had equipped. Um, So these thieves all rush in, grab all these bags into the center of the square. A few actually dive into the well, but mostly the thieves just throw the bags down the well and then keep running off into kind of the rest of the town. Um, I want to try. Well, I guess it's probably too late. But you simply said that they rushed in. Now that you're describing what they were actually doing, sure. while they're doing that, Grefton wants to try to run a circle and grow a hedge to trap them so that they can't run off. Okay. Basically, there were these people in the crowd that, like, kind of at the whenever the signal was given or whatever, they all like worked together to kind of move these bags into the well. So they kind of dashed this way. Um, I want to say by the time that you notice something is happening, these guys are kind of in this space. Um, And you guys probably were at, I don't know, do you care which side you're at? It doesn't really make a huge difference, but like somewhere you know, around the side of the pile. Yeah. It's not really to scale. It's just kind of like the general idea of how things are laid out. Um, So from there, what is like sort of the path that you want to run to make this happen? So I guess I don't really know too much of the layout of other are there, there aren't like other buildings around, right? No, this the whole buildings area are all is completely there. open. Okay. So I think what I would want to try to do is 
assuming that they're going to run sort of towards the buildings back towards the town, I would want to run this way to the buildings and then try to like build sort of a U shape. Okay. Um, Basically build a U shape around behind the well so that they can't just run off into the town. Sure. Um, okay, so you do that. Um, and you build a hedge, kind of running this way, um, and maybe as you realize that these guys are kind of heading towards the well, you start to hook back towards the well, um, and you... I'm going to have you do this. Why don't you make a speed check? Um, and I will also make a speed check, and we'll kind of use that to determine if people get trapped or not. Um, and what that looks like. Nineteen. Okay. Um, I think that's gonna beat my speed checks for all these guys. Um, okay. So you make your way around, and you don't trap everyone. There's definitely some people who make it past, especially like people who are kind of on the other side or whatever. Um, but you get a couple people who are kind of trapped in this area, and they look like people who were just planning on like bailing on the stuff into the well and they kind of like stop look a little concerned for a second and then also jump into the well Millie throws her pack on and starts running towards these people she's not that fast though so she probably doesn't get to them in time. do i hear a splash um so as the bags hit the bottom of the water you hear like a splunk sound for each of the bags that do that. Um, this woman whose uh, bag was taken, who's right next to you, says, oh no, esto es un problema. Uh, she thinks for a brief moment, uh, just before making a quick judgment call, and says, uh, you all seem to be the adventuring type. Uh, what are your names? My name is Maria. I'd go after my bag, but I have an important meeting that I really need to make. If you can get my bag back for me, I will reward you. I do really need that Done. bag. Yes. Uh, how does 50 gold sound? Yep. All right. Uh, we, we should be fine to when we're done. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, pat Pippo on the arm. <laughs> Excellent question. Uh, <laughs> she says, my meeting is up at the college. Um, so depending on how long it takes you, that's where I'm headed. But... Uh, I'll just come back to these taverns, so if we don't meet up this evening, I'll hang out around this square, and you can find me here when you get back. Very good. Um, how big a line is the opening to this? Oh, no. It's like a 10-foot... Wow. Uh, wait, let me see real quick. Um, yeah, it's about 10-foot wide across... or Yeah, 10-foot across, and then... 20 feet kind of straight down. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned that her bag went down the well, but her bag went down the well. Um, from there, there's about another 10 feet until you hit water. Um, and that's...
that's what you see. Alright, very good. So, we move you. We'll get that back. I'll go talk to him right now. Pippa walks over to the well, kicks his feet over, and drops. Nice. <laughs> Hey friends, Alex here. Thank you so much for listening to our first official episode of The Keys to the Universe. I know that we've all been chopping at the bit to get this thing out to you. And a huge thank you to everyone who's already listened to our Bogashar mini-arc, either as beta listeners or just as fans of the show. We really appreciate all the feedback we got to help us get this thing started off right. And for all of you who are here starting on this journey with us, thanks for being here. You made it to the end of episode one, so I guess we did something right. I am super excited for this season and for all the fun, crazy things that these characters get up to. If you liked what you heard here, please tell a friend. Obviously, this is just episode one, and we'd really like to get this thing kicked off well and get it out to people who would really enjoy it. That all starts with you, our listeners. You can also find us at patreon.com slash dubioushistories, where we have all of our main story episodes for free and on all those good, good social media sites. You know the ones. Hope to see you there. I swear, that's how it really happened. Now, when Are you sure about the thing? This has been Keys to the Universe, a Dubious Histories podcast.